0: Hey, beer nerds. Welcome to a fresh edition of the Building Breweries podcast. Back after four long months. Life well, got busy. What can I say? Regardless, I've got a good short episode for you today featuring Rock House Brewing in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, being from Kentucky myself, I obviously try to take advantage of um, visiting and, and talking uh, to any brewery that pops up here in Kentucky. So it's very, uh, you know, it's fun to see how the communities embrace breweries and, and how these breweries embrace their own communities so listen in as we discuss all things rock house after a long four month break of building breweries i am back here in lexington kentucky with the guys from rock house brewing kevin richie and billy hacker uh especially a little bit of frustrating because we had some technical difficulties leading into this um my sd card for the uh the uh, recording s- system that I have decided to not work anymore so guys thanks for your patience so before we begin before we get into Rock House Brewing and exactly what makes Rock House Brewing Rock House Brewing who are you where'd you come from and how did all of this happen
1: I'll let I'll let Kevin start on that because he was he was in the beginning
2: uh, all right, so uh Kevin Ritchie I'm from northern Indiana uh, I've lived in Kentucky for 30 some years um Brewing has always been a passion for me, so I've been a home brewer and uh, always wanted to kind of start a business and had a equal uh, partner with uh, John Brown, who is one of the owners as well, and uh, we kind of hit it off and started to work on a business plan, and we came up with Rock House Brewing. We needed some more help other than us two, uh, so we added Billy and uh, Danny Haddad as another one of the owners.
1: Uh, Billy. Yeah. So that's we we came in um, at that point. We were Danny and I were kind of invited into the mix and we moved forward with the the original uh, business plan. And actually, we weren't Rock House Brewing at that point. Um, That kind of came about once we established where we were going to be, what our location was going to be. And our tap room is actually in a rock house. Um, plus, there's also a musical element to our partners. Um, there's a, a strong love for music of various different styles and types, to say the least. <laughs> Kevin knows what I'm talking about.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, so just a little bit about the um, the rock house itself. Um, I, I understand that there's some history there. Uh, but also just kind of talk about uh, generally the, the premises that, that we're on, because we're actually not in the... the, the Traditional tap room right now. We're actually in a separate warehouse. So if you could just talk about the entire property as a whole and um, How you came about it how you found it and why did you decide that this was a good, you know neighborhood for you to be in?
2: So um, When we were doing our search for location uh, If you're familiar with Lexington, uh, you kind of know you want to be inside the circle just for uh, Traffic flow reasons Inside the circles, is uh, pretty ideal for most uh, business locations. And uh, the property that we decided on here uh, was because of the zoning. We had to have a certain zoning for manufacturing and selling of a beverage, alcohol. So uh, we got pretty lucky and this uh, property became available. We had to do a lot of renovation. Uh, we have two separate buildings. We have a little tap room like Billy was talking about. Uh, And Michael was talking about our warehouse. So in our warehouse, we have 8,000 square feet with the brewery. And we have a little tap room out here as well. Our location is in the North Limestone area, lie, CDC. Um, And it's a pretty eclectic, funky part of town. It's uh, up and coming. They're doing a lot of construction and renovation on the homes around here and new businesses are popping up there's a couple new restaurants in the area that are excellent Uh, more of that is coming so we you know we kind of got in on the 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 early part of that and we really enjoy our space we're also pretty fortunate that we have off-street parking we're kind of back off of uh, limestone um, and we got a pretty good property with uh, a fire pit and a we got some market lights outside, a little festive party atmosphere outside. Um,
1: yeah, we've yeah. got a bunch. We have a lot of space. And I think that, the, you know, us deciding on this area was determined by a lot of factors, as Kevin just went into. Um, and we are, we're excited to be part of the neighborhood and part of something that we hope we're on the front end of, of growing and just evolving in a direction that's positive. And just being part of that is exciting, helping out the neighborhood as well. Um, and also, like he alluded to, our space itself is pretty unique. Our warehouse is 8,000 square feet. We do events in here of all types from wedding rehearsals, uh, wedding receptions. We host the uh, Lexington Social Club's Cornhole League. And then we've got our tap room that's a little bit more quaint and, and uh, you know, smaller where, you know, it's just kind of two different spaces, and and I think it plays well with each other.
0: When coming up with Rock House Brewing, what beers, if any, did you decide to focus on? Did you think going into this that you were going to make a certain type of beer, or you were just ready to make whatever beer that, like, was necessary and that kind of gained some popularity with the people of Lexington?
2: So... Uh, like I said, uh, John and I are both home brewers. And we've been brewing for a long time, and we had some recipes that we really enjoyed. And sharing it with our friends and family kind of, kind of gave us the hey, this is something you guys might be able to, other people would enjoy as well. So we started with those, and um, I, I would definitely give props to Johnny. He's definitely got a little more creativity than I do. I'm a traditional beer drinker. So I like to make beer to a style. John's very creative in mashing styles, and uh, we've kind of evolved into doing a little more of that. And uh, we're getting pretty good reception from uh, our customers, like the different stuff, you know, just not having a, a pale ale, but making it a, putting a twist on it. So... Um, that's also fun that's and that's what makes breweries that's why there's so many breweries and that's why there'll be so many more breweries to come is there's so many ingredients so many processes and just different ways of doing things that create a unique delicious product so props to all the all the other breweries out there and we're going to continue to do what we do and hopefully people will like that
1: yeah definitely and uh kevin and john are, are on the brewing end of things I really enjoy drinking beer. Some would say that I'm a professional. Um, but I told Kevin about ten years ago and uh, I we were probably tailgating or something, and he brought one of his beers that he home brewed to the tailgate and I was like, Man, if you ever open a brewery, I'm in. I don't care what it is, I'm in and then, you know, it just so happened ten years later or whatever, he he came to me, he's like, Man, you, you want a piece of this? And I was like, Yeah, let's do it. So um, but I, th- I think our beers, we're trying to be unique and we do some funky different stuff. Um, and I, I just, you know, you, you try to stand out in a market that's growing and just try to be different and have, have a good product that's different, I guess is the way I take it.
0: How, how in this, in this current climate of craft breweries producing new beer all the time, all around region that you're in the state that you're in the country that you're in how do you stay unique how do you how do you stand out just just i guess among your peers just locally that that's a good one um
1: it's not easy um and and for us being as new as we are you know we're just we're learning as we go as well um we think we think we have an added advantage in our space that we're unique by what we have here um, if you've been to the rock house, like we talked about, you've, we've got the tap room that's small and quaint, and then we've got the warehouse that's pretty large where we brew. Um, but yeah, as far as standing out, I mean, it, it, it is difficult and I, I don't, I don't necessarily have a, a, a great answer for you on that one. Maybe, maybe Kevin can help me out. So, um,
2: Kentucky is really in the, in the, I don't. I well, want to make this sound bad, but uh, Kentucky's pretty late coming to the craft beer scene. Yeah, we're still our in surra- the Yeah, so our surrounding states have boomed everyone, Tennessee, Ohio, Indiana. They all have double, triple, quadruple the number of breweries that Kentucky has. Um, so Kentucky has, there's good local product that people can use in their beers that make us unique. Um, we're also growing... Uh, And the number of breweries uh, in the last few years, last year there's probably been five to ten, more to come. It's going to keep growing just because there's the passion and that craft and that pride for Kentucky to, hey, we can do this too. So um, I think that's what separates, that's what's going to separate is is all the different uh, people wanting to show their, um, put their take on a craft and their specialty.
1: And and just one more thing, you know, everybody kentucky proud and and being proud of where you are and your region in the country i think is pretty much um something that's national but you know people are proud to be in kentucky from kentucky be here live here and i just think that you know it's a it's a big deal and and we're just trying to to fortify that and move it
0: forward it's an interesting discussion because anymore it just doesn't seem like you can you can have great beer but sometimes just that's just not enough anymore you you need you need something special about the brewery about the owners whether it's an origin story whether it's your, your the, the space that you use so it's really interesting to see how some great breweries out there that make really good beer sometimes don't stand the the test of the public and in the test of the, the the drinkers the beer nerds whatever just because maybe it's just not maybe they're making great beer and maybe they're not being appreciated as much as they are for that. But that's because the general public isn't coming in and feeling maybe welcome in their tap room. And I walked into your tap room earlier. I mean, I would, and and this is a compliment. I would, I would liken it to a coffee house. You walk in, it's quaint. There's a fireplace, um, some nice looking old floors. It just feels pretty at home. It doesn't feel like your typical bar. And now maybe that's because that's the, that's the way that certain new bars, new tap rooms are going towards. Like they, they want more of a, a family atmosphere, more of a dog atmosphere. I saw plenty of dogs in there before, <laughs> uh, but it's it's just so interesting to see everybody, um, you know, kind of kind of take a one eighty on what a bar means. Yeah. Um, so you you mentioned earlier that you know you're you're doing more uh, with local products, whether that's you know in Kentucky you know pawpaws. Right. We've got different. Varieties of, um, of hemp, different varieties of hops going on. The Kentucky Guild of Breweries recently partnered up with uh, Kentucky Proud Department of uh, Agriculture. And y- y'all, the breweries across the Strait, across the state, are, are trying to embrace that, uh, all those local ingredients. You're coming together. This is, I believe, the second year in a row now that the breweries have come together to make a unique product. Tell me a little bit about your Kentucky Proud product.
2: So we've only been open since uh, December of last year, so not quite a year yet. And um, about two or three months ago, uh, the president, uh, Derek, at uh, Kentucky Gilda Brewers said, hey, who wants to be part of this Kentucky ag collab And of course, we're young and dumb and said, we do. So uh, that was pretty cool. Um, So whoever put their name in, you know, they uh, came back and paired us up with another brewer. We got paired up with Rooster Brewing up in Paris. Excellent partner. And uh, we were able to come up with our, we were able to decide on the style of beer, but they then chose what product, what local Kentucky product we got. And we got the Pawpaw. So if you don't know what that is, it's, to me, it looks like a potato, but uh, it actually tastes kind of like a, um, a plantain. It has that banana-type flavor. Um, not very strong, but it, it does have that uh, flavor to it. So we made a, a Berliner Weiss, and if you don't know what that is, that's a German uh, sour beer, kettled sour beer. It's delicious. Um, it's on tap right now at, at our place yep. and in, uh, in Paris
1: yeah rooster brew has it on as well yep
2: um so i'm not sure what it is.
1: <laughs> well and then, and then also going uh towards the the, the local beers uh, or local products you mentioned the hemp um we we have used uh hemp seed uh, toasted hemp seeds in our brown ale uh uncle john's brown and that's been a really big hit, hit and we've partnered with the local hemp organizations and um things like that to promote it and just just to use again to use local and that's actually one of our standard staple beers that we'll keep brewing over time um and using that product what beer
0: do you all find sells the most and what beer or maybe rather style do you wish people would embrace more
1: That's a very difficult question. question. Kevin's (laughs) the accountant, so he knows the numbers. (laughs) Number Uh, man.
2: Oh man! So, like I was a said earlier, Kentucky is getting it's pretty late to the craft beer scene. Five percent of the market, if you look at all, you know. So going into to the back to the business plan, yeah. If you go look at what what the volume of of beer people are drinking in kentucky only five percent is craft beer now this was that's two years ago data from when i was doing business plan uh so um it hasn't changed that much though <laughs> since it, then so yeah right so there's a lot of room to grow as far as the styles of beer i grew up drinking a lot of different stuff so it is uh, any day-to-day I, I don't know that i could Peg, what do we wish people would drink we wish people would drink our beer right you know that's just being selfish <laughs> but um it's it's an educational thing that uh we're going through uh, and i believe our product is is good just as like the other breweries out there i mean that's how big that's how they're successful is because people are going in and trying something new and holy cow it's this is good stuff so you know yeah
1: let's be part of it yeah I, I, and Going to um, what Kevin was saying, as far as the, the numbers go, I mean, the straight numbers, 5% of beer drinkers in Kentucky drink craft beer. At uh, least 95% who drink other stuff. And then the national average is somewhere around 25% of beer drinkers in other states drink craft beer. So we, we feel like Kentucky has a long way to go to even get to the national average. That's why we're, we get excited. I mean, we're excited about beer, but we're excited about this market, too, because we know that there's a lot of room to grow. Um, as far as the beer, I mean, you know, typically the, the beers that are the most popular are going to be, for us, are your lighter styles. are going to be our roadie, which is our American pale ale, um, our groupie, which is our cream ale. They're milder in flavor. Groupie's a little sweeter. Um, has got a little more, more hop to it, but, um, to be quite honest, when I'm in here and I'm talking to customers, I, it's an, it's an education process. And I just wish that more people would be more open and have an open mind to other beers, specifically dark beers. If you're asking about, you know, which beers would you wish that people would drink more of? Um, it's like people have a, a, there's a stigma about dark beers, like a dark beer is going to be heavy. You know, really big mouth feel, not and just not very drinkable, and that's not really true. Um, there's there's a lot of dark beers that aren't gonna overwhelm your senses, so to speak, and I think people aren't giving a lot of those a chance. Yeah,
2: the, just uh, to kind of reiterate that, so we did the uh, the Uncle John's Brown, which is a hemp ale. That was just supposed to be a one time. Right hey, we're going to do this beer for an event for the Kentucky, the hemp people, the hempsters in Kentucky, and holy cow, people loved it. So it is actually, we were going to have that on tap all the time, at least try to. So there you go. It's something we thought we were going to do a one time, special run, and there you go. Now it's a, it's on tap.
0: I mean, as far as the educational process goes, you're you're exactly right. I mean, I, I have a, a beer job or two that, you know, Educating people, we, we we beer people get in our own little world and, and think that we think that okay everybody knows about this brewery everybody knows about this style of beer and then you go out to the general public onto the street and you realize they don't have any idea what's going on. Uh, beer nerds and and beer dorks have no idea what the general public doesn't know. Uh, and you're and you're talking about like the general consensus of what like a dark beer consists of. You know when I when I grew up I always heard about oh Guinness you know right. that, that you. Used to be able to eat that with a spoon. No, I, no, it's it's a it's a fine you know dark beer, and there's plenty of other ones, even more so than that. Somebody's going to complain about. Um, but it, 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 there's a learning curve to it that's really special. And one way um, the people get to be educated and learn a little bit more about all these different beers are through uh, you know neighborhood events, festival events, block parties, whatever. Um, and that kind of leads into my next question about state bill. Um, 11 uh, SB11 um, events, which kind of freed up uh, Kentucky craft breweries to kind of break free of the of the, you know, uh, relationships with just di- distributors are great, but you know at, at a certain point there's also uh, there's a time and place for the freedom of a brewery to do whatever they want right. and to go out into the, to the public and serve their own beer where the brewer is there. Pouring the beer for the individual that's buying the beer, that's special, and and they get to learn more about it. What do y'all think about SB11 events, and and how has that affected Rockhouse as y'all have been kind of growing since December of 2016? Um, I mean the the, the SB11 events
1: have been a good thing for us. I mean it's it's something where we can go out and we can we can sell our our product directly to the consumer. Like you said, we can pour it, we can talk to them. Um, It's been beneficial in that regard. And then it's, you know, you also have the the financial benefit of it as being able to sell your own, own beer. Um, We have a great distributor, um, great relationship. I mean, to date we've, you know, we're less than a year old, but they've been great to us. But these, these events are important, especially to a brewery like us who's smaller it definitely helps us to get out to the public and also you know from the the revenue streams it, it helps us as well it's just a it's an it's a benefit
2: yeah so just like you said as as billy started to say Who can talk more about your product than the guy who actually made it and what he was expecting from it and, you know, relaying that to people that have never drank craft beer before. Um, So we're appreciative of the stuff that uh, is going on with legislation to help us, a small business trying to get started and and growing.
0: When when exactly can people come visit Rock House And, and do you have any events coming up that you'd like people to know about?
2: I'll, I'll do the hours and let Billy talk about some yeah, of the cool ahead. events going on. So we're open um, Monday through Thursday, 4 to 10, but we'll stay open late. We got a nice fire pit out, out back. We kind of didn't talk about our space too much, but uh, we have a really nice property. So 4 to 10, we stay open as late as we got people hanging out and having fun. Uh, Friday, 4 to midnight, and Saturday, 11 to midnight, Sunday, noon to eight right. so complicated hours
1: yeah yeah it's well and like kevin said we'll we're, if you want to be here we'll be here um going to to our events now like like i mentioned earlier we we've got we're we're open to we've got a large space we're open to different events we just had an event this past saturday called bark Toberfest, where we we paired obviously you know um playing on the Oktoberfest theme but we paired with uh, pause for the cause um shout out to kathy Hendricks with pause for the cause who did a fantastic job um she's awesome and uh pause for the cause does a great job they set up uh, basically set up uh, vendors in our space and on bryant avenue which is right next to our our space um we had over a thousand people in here um we had what did i say? did i say 50 vendors we had 50 vendors we had food trucks it was a it was an awesome event we had we had eight or nine bands playing um, throughout throughout the, uh, the day. It was from noon to 10. So it was a really cool event. I think that's just a, a sample of things that we do. Um, this upcoming, well, Friday, we're going to have uh, Rocksteady in here, which is a band. They're a um, four- or five-piece band, and they, they rock out, and it'll be a good time. Um, and then coming up on the 28th, we're doing the Sam Samhain Fest, which is a uh, pagan pride festival. However, it, it, it aside from the name, um, it is a family-friendly event. It's it's more of a Halloween, um, you know, Pagan event. Pride. Pagan Pride, uh, <laughs> but it, it it'll be a good time. There will be pumpkin carving and stuff to do for for kids and um, all kinds of stuff for adults as well, including beer.
2: Yeah, we also do uh, open mic night on Wednesday nights. Uh, we really. Really proud of the music that's here in Kentucky, in Lexington. We have bands um, scheduled throughout the week, and we'll probably pick that up a little bit more here in the winter. We've got a couple great places for them. You can play outside, you could play inside in a small venue, you could play in our big warehouse. So uh, definitely catering to a lot of the, the local bands and getting them out here and, and having fun with those guys.
0: Thanks, guys, so much for joining me today and inviting me into your space. Uh, I appreciate it, despite the technical difficulties that started when, when we first came up. Um, but, you know, yeah, if, if whether you're from Lexington or visiting Lexington, be sure to include Rockhouse Brewing in your rotation of breweries to visit because there's a lot going on over here right now. And uh, it's, it's hard to choose just one, so choose a few, put Rockhouse into, ro- uh, into the rotation. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank
2: you. Thank you.